0: Welcome to not just a sports report. Gray Kings and Queens These and thems, uh, we're launching straight into it. This is not just a sports report, the round 23 preview. I'm going to go through all the games this weekend. Bulldogs, uh, they've got the bye. They've also made a signing, or a couple of them actually. Blake Tuff has been announced that he has signed uh, with the Bulldogs from next year. And Jamin Salmon announced today uh, that he has signed with the Bulldogs for a couple of years. Talk about some low-hanging fruit. Not the signings, but more so Jamin Salmon signing with the dogs, like that. The jokes write themselves, but like I said, low hanging fruit, I reckon enough people are gonna go there. Obviously it's the first place uh, my mind went to. Crafty signing by the dogs though. I'll tell you what, Jamin Salmon can play. Can play on an edge, can play centers, really quality in the halves. And I looked through the Bulldogs comment section Big no-no looking through the comments sections. It's, it's, I don't know why I do it to myself, but a lot of Doggies fans saying, what the fuck, we've just got like a part-timer. Doggies fans, a lot of them, seemingly unhappy with the signing as though they can just pick and choose. But I actually think it's an epic signing. You can call him a part-time first grader, whatever you want. Well, he's playing at the Panthers. He's on top of the table. Uh, Right now, not in the team. But look, if I'm a team down toward the bottom of the ladder, I'm certainly not complaining about signing uh, an extremely versatile player to my struggling club. So there you go. Dogs making some moves. CEO Tokiaho expected to follow and sign with the Dogs as well. So there you go. Canterbury certainly making some moves. And I'll be making some moves today. I'll be making my predictions, a preview of each game, That's basically all there is to it. Gonna try and keep it to a reasonable length. So, this intro's gone long enough. Let's get amongst it. Round 23 preview. Did someone say KFC? Cause Thursday night, to open the round, we've got some fried chickens up against a bunch of dirty birds. 14th place roosters looking to keep their season alive. Doubt it. Respectfully, but yeah, doubt it. Roosters are 14th, like... I think we've seen what they're all about this year. Up against a 10th-placed Manly Seagulls side that are only one point outside the top eight. So Manly at this stage, you would have to say, are significantly closer to making their final streams a reality. So 14th-placed Roosters... What's going on there? Not too sure. Uh, If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you would know. I wrote them off a couple of weeks ago. I basically said, I'm putting a line through the roosters, uh, which I'm sure Trent Robinson, you know, listened to the podcast and he was devastated about it. But yeah, I think round 23, and there were points throughout the year where it was like, oh, roosters will probably get it together uh, when it matters most. It's round 23, even if they do get it together now. They've left their run way too late, severely underperforming. And look, they have had injuries, but with the Roosters, I'm not giving you guys any leeway. You have so many advantages as a club. Obviously, money being one of them, uh, all these superstars on the roster. So sorry, I'm not, not feeling for you guys. You guys can fucking work it out. Gee, a bit harsh. Uh, But yeah, Roosters, Seagulls. We saw these two sides match up just a couple of weeks ago in a similar position where I actually said in that game, winner of this game, they keep their finals dreams on track. And I said, whoever loses, they're pretty much done. Roosters lost that game. Everything I've seen from them since then would suggest that they're done other than one decent win a couple of weeks ago. Whilst for the Seagulls, they came out of that game with the two points and we can see them now. They are in 10th place and right now where they finish in the competition is still very much in their control. Which you cannot say the same for the Roosters. Now it was a very close game last time these two sides met and it was Ben Trebojevic that proved to be the difference. So now it's quite simple. Roosters... If they win, they can keep up this facade that they're going to play finals. Uh, but it's more important on the manly side. Because if they can go two from two in this series against the Roosters, that actually boosts them up significantly and gives them a great platform to actually make a run into the final series. It's a massive game for both teams. Uh, just looking at the Roosters side, Egan Butcher is out. Uh, so that's these very talented youngster... Siwa Wong uh, come into the back row. Whilst for the Seagulls, uh, we can see on the wing Christian Tuipolotu is out. Raymond Tuimalo-Vaiga is into the side. And I've been paying attention to his form uh, for the Blacktown workers at cup level. Raymond's been playing very well, so I think he's more than earned this opportunity to come back into the first grade side. Uh, and as far as how they match up, there are some superstars on both sides of the field. You've got your Tedescos, your Garricks. On the wings, Swali'i, Daniel Tupo, Jason Saab. Keen to see Joey Manu head-to-head with Brad Parker. And on the other side, Billy Smith up against Tolu Kola, who is in the best form uh, that he's been in so far this season. Pretty timely as well when you consider Manly trying to make a run. In the halves, you've got Kerry and Sandon Smith up against Schuster and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, And the Ford Pack, probably the most notable name here, Matt Lodge, who was only just at the Roosters, they were very happy to let him go. Matty Lodge for the Seagulls, he is going to rip in. You'd have to believe he has a massive point to prove, and he's going to be going head to head with the likes of Radley, Lindsay Collins, Jared Waria Hargraves. Uh, So mainly it's the battle of the packs that excites me about this game, Uh, but in general, Not super excited about this game. Roosters come out and win 70-nil. Doesn't change my stance. I've put a line through them. I don't think a win here is gonna do that much for them. Whilst for the Seagulls, totally the opposite. A loss here means they're gonna fall back and all of a sudden, where they finish is gonna be out of their control and you've gotta rely on other results. Where if Manly win here, At the end of the round, they could be sitting in the top eight. Uh, So it's a crunch game, no doubt. And a quick shout-out to Manly as well. Did a fantastic job uh, in terms of DCE's 300th celebrations. Uh, And I was very impressed by the way the uh, the club went about handling the huge occasion. Dragons could take some lessons. Uh, So this one, Sydney Cricket Ground, Sydney. I'm going to take the Roosters here. And like I said, I don't think this means anything. I don't think it makes them relevant in the finals race. But I I do think they can win this game. Manly, they have everything to play for, so that makes them dangerous. And look, it wouldn't be the first time I've fallen into the trap of just looking at this Roosters side on paper and thinking they can get it done. That has very much been the theme of 2023. The Roosters on paper... They look like their premiership contenders. But when we actually look at reality, they sit 14th, and I don't think there is any team in the competition that is severely underachieved more than the Roosters. Probably the biggest shock of this season as well. I think most of us, at the very least, saw Roosters as a top four uh, caliber side. So interesting to see uh, what changes they make between this year and next. I'm picking them for the win here. I don't think it makes any difference though. I'm, I've got a line for them. So Sea Eagles, to keep things exciting, I'd actually like to see Manly win, but in the interest of trying to put some good picks out there, we're gonna kick off the round with the Roosters. All right, on to the early Friday game, uh, and I just wanna take it back a step the weekend rap podcast i spoke for like five minutes about how uh poor aj brimson suffering an injury the titan's going to be without him he's been named jojo for feet is out I'm, I'm like did he get injured am i am i tripping out i don't know so aj brimson's been named i feel like a real dickhead for spending a few minutes uh talking about the impact of losing brimson Only for him to be named. What a numpty I am. Anyways, the Gold Coast Titans. They have to win here. Win or go home. I I already think they're going to be going home. But when you look at it mathematically, they are still a chance. They just have to win every game from here. So the 12th place Titans up against the mighty third-placed Warriors. As a Waz fan, very stoked about that. It's like... Yeah, I just wake up every day with a new lease on life, usually around this time. I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, what's the point? There's no finals footy yet again. My team has unfortunately fallen short yet again. Now I bounce out of bed with a spring in my step. Could it be our year? Well, I think Penrith probably have something to say about that. Brisbane Broncos might have something to say about that. And hell, maybe the Gold Coast Titans. I see this one as a real danger game. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks a lot Titans for not taking a home game to New Zealand. Shout out to the Tigers. I think Tigers are the only team, happy to, to be wrong, I'm sorry if I am wrong about this, uh, but the Tigers I'm pretty sure are the only team that bothered to take a home game to New Zealand for the Warriors sacrifices. So Titans, you can enjoy playing at Seabus Sub- Super Stadium, uh, but since you guys didn't pull off the selfless act, on a personal note, I hope we flog yours. Uh, so 12th place Titans, it really is win or go home, uh, quite simple, but it's that exact fact uh, as to why I feel like the Titans are a real danger team here. If you look at how they played against the Cowboys last weekend, if they come out at uh, that same version of the Titans, then the Warriors boys are going to be up for a big, big fight. However, if the Gold Coast show up and they defend uh, like they have more often than not this year, I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to get the job done. Good to see as a Warriors fan as well, 18th man, Jazz tavunga Been waiting a while uh, for him to come back. I feel like our pack at the moment, I uh, couldn't be happier with our pack, we just need a little bit of Jazz Tavanga to spice things up. I feel like he really does complement the rest of our Ford pack. Different shape and size to the likes of Barnett, Adam Blake, Torhu, Dylan Walker, Jackson Ford, Neil Corte. Jazz Tavanga brings something to the table that only really Jazz can bring. Uh, so I've been waiting to see him back in action ever since he went down injured on Anzac Day. I'm wondering if this weekend uh, is the time we see him or whether uh, they hold off for another week. Whilst for the Gold Coast, Brimson named at fullback, lol, don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Aaron Shupp in the centres. So Jaden Campbell's still on the bench. I did read a little bit, potentially, about plans to shift Brimson into the centres at some stage uh, and inject Jaden Campbell at fullback. Now, this interests me quite a bit because, obviously, uh, one of the biggest problems the Titans face is how do you get two of your most electric stars on the field at the same time? Now, Brimson has had a mortgage on that fullback jersey, and, funnily enough, despite having a past uh, playing in the halves, when someone's needed to step into the halves, it's been Jaden Campbell. Uh, So they've seemed pretty set that Brimson... Uh, is to be their first-choice fullback. But if they shift him out to the centres throughout games, if that has some success, I tell you what, it's worth looking into because Gold Coast, you cannot argue, they are a significantly better side if they have Brimson and Campbell on the park uh, at the same time. So that is one to watch, but I'm going to park the AJ Brimson chat uh, because, yeah, apparently I don't know what's going on. As for the Warriors, we are coming off a bye. We are sitting third and hoping to keep this spot in the top four. Maybe, just maybe even push into second spot. Uh, Get a home final in Auckland, finals week one. Uh, But to be realistic, I must say, look, I'm a ride or die Warriors fan, but right now, it looks like Penrith and Brisbane Broncos Somewhat in a league of their own. But that, to me, is encouraging that Warriors are the team that sit third. They are the team that are closest to giving it a crack. So, I'm delighted. I truly am. It doesn't seem like there's many changes in the side after having a week to freshen up. And, yeah, like I said, Jazz Tavanga, 18th man. So, big, big game. Titans lose, season is done. Warriors lose and it does stifle quite a bit of the momentum that we had built up. Now again, like I said, Titans, like many other teams, decided not to take their home game to New Zealand. No thanks for keeping the game running. No thanks for staying in another country for a couple of years just to keep the game rolling. And so for that, of course, bias in my prediction as always here, I'm gonna go the Warriors. Titans, I think if they get us, it's going to be with their attack, certainly not their defence. Uh, although they were very defensively sound against the Cowboys on the weekend, when I think about the Titans like beating us, I'm not envisioning a real grinding, low-scoring contest where they just defend their lives, or defend for their lives, they don't have to defend their lives, fucking hell, we're not going there to fucking kill them. Uh, but. Yeah, Titans. If they get it done, I think it's going to be with their attack. Uh, so the key here for Warriors, as it has been throughout the season, defense. And we've shown that we're a much more resilient outfit than in years past. And I've been enjoying our defense this year. A lot of improvements made. And to be honest, the biggest one has been our strength and conditioning. So many years past, we just did not have an 80-minute performance in us. And when it got to that last. 10 or 15 minutes of the game, usually we were gassed, teams would run over the top of us, or if we were chasing a lead, you know, we just wouldn't have anything left to give. Now this is a totally different Warriors outfit. Massive credit has to go to Andrew Webster. And I just believe if we can put together a pretty comprehensive 80 minutes worth of defense, I don't think Titans will match us. But it is a major danger game. When you've got a side as desperate as the Gold Coast, who, like, the scenario here is win or you're absolutely no chance. So they have this added level of motivation uh, that the Warriors do not right now. Now, obviously, we're going for top four. uh, But there is something to kind of having that in the back of your mind. Like, okay, we're set for finals. We're definitely going to be there. We're pushing for top four. So we got to show up. Whereas Titans, their hand has been forced. There's literally no other option but to win. Uh, so that's the biggest thing I'll be looking here, uh, looking at here from a Titans perspective. How desperate are they? How bad do they want it? And I think the most telling sign is going to be how they defend. Uh, but I'm going to take the Warriors as someone who's watched the team my whole life. Uh, we're usually on the Gold Coast, and this isn't without any stats in front of me so I could be very wrong, uh, but I feel like we have a decent record on the Gold Coast. Titans certainly not one of the road trips usually that fills me with a great deal of nerves, but this time around it's a little bit different. Obviously, Titans everything to play for, but I've seen enough this season from them defensively. One good game against the Cowboys isn't enough for me to totally change my tune so we're gonna lock in the early Friday game. I am taking my beloved Warriors to get it done. Holy mackerel. The NRL have really set us up with a banger. This Friday night from Blue Bet Stadium, first placed Penrith Panthers take on the side that last won a premiership, even beat the Panthers in a grand final, The fourth-placed Melbourne Storm. Huge, huge game. Uh, Obviously, we saw them clash only a few weeks ago at Marvel Stadium. Storm all over the Panthers first 15 or 20 minutes. Rest of the game, Panthers all over Melbourne. Uh, So it's going to be very interesting here at Penrith's home ground. Uh, And as far as the Storm, well, Nelson Asofa solomona back in the first team but an even better inclusion are at Queensland Cup level, finding his feet again, Ryan Pappenhausen. Brings a smile to my face as a footy fan. I think everyone feels the same. The guys had it so rough for the last year, had to rehab, had to be on the sidelines. Ryan Pappenhausen, named at fullback for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, throwing Justin Olem who's been named to play Q Cup in the centers as well. Gee whiz, the Ipswich Jets gonna have a pretty big job on their hands. So with Pappenhausen returning this week, obviously one of the major talking points is where does he fit in uh, to this first grade team? Now Nick Meaney has done an amazing job all season, but it must be said, this version of the Storm right now, not entirely sure. They can go all the way. We saw against Penrith last time out, they were outclassed. We saw against the Knights a couple of weeks ago, they were out enthused. And I just feel like maybe, maybe it's got to happen. You just got to get Pappenhausen back into that fullback role. He knows the system. He knows the plays. It's just a matter of getting his body right and making sure that his confidence is up. So Ryan Pappenhausen, Uh, For the Storm, obviously, that is the biggest news. And I'm just, I'm stoked, stoked to have him back. So that's excellent. Uh, And for Nick Meaney, I'll tell you what, he is going to be in for a huge game here. He's had a lot of time to cement himself in the fullback role. And it's been his best season in the NRL. So it is going to be a headache for Craig Bellamy. And I am quite interested uh, as to which way they end up going. Now, last weekend in the centres, we saw Marion Seve, a young Tonamapea. They've been retained here. And I I thought Marion Seve was excellent last weekend uh, in Melbourne's thrashing over the Parramatta Eels. So we see the storm here. Tepe Moroa back in the side as well. uh, Just having a squeeze. Not too many other changes. Whilst for Penrith, an interesting change here. Uh, Tyrone Peachy is out. Not sure whether Isaac Tungo is going to be fit for this game. Uh, So we have seen Zach Hosking named in the left center position. Maybe he'll end up on the right. Uh, But I am curious there whether they actually stick with that. I reckon maybe they bring in uh, Tom Jenkins onto the wing, Taruva into the centers, Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I thought maybe Luke Garner, if you're going to put a back rower there, I thought maybe Luke Garner would get the nod. Jamin Salmon even has played a bit of centre. But Zach Hosking gets the role. Uh, So that's going to be very interesting. This one, pretty clearly the game of the round. Penrith leading the way uh, as far as this season. Whilst Melbourne Storm, this is a great time for us to find out where they're at. Last time they took on the Panthers, what we found out was that the Storm can compete with them, but over the full 80 minutes, Uh, They didn't quite have what it took. Fast forward to now, let's see what adjustments Melbourne have made. Uh, They've been able to face this Penrith side in recent memory. And look, knowing the Storm, Craig Bellamy, and the systems that they have in place, at the very least, Melbourne are going to have the right game plan to shut down Penrith. It's just one thing to have the game plan, a totally another thing to be able to execute it. And last time these sides met, Uh, It was the front rowers off the bench, Lindsay Smith and Spencer Lenu, which Spencer are not playing in this one. Storm, they had the ascendancy. Their pack was all over Penrith. Uh, And I found that once Lindsay Smith and Spencer Lenu entered the fray, it totally changed the momentum of the game. Uh, So that's something the Storm are going to have to be wary of. And it really does place extra importance on their interchange bench. Going to need a lot of impact from the likes of Eisenhuth, Alec McDonald, Tepai Moroa, and Ali Katoa. So, big job for the Storms bench, big job in general, trying to contain Penrith. And as far as this contest, I think I've gone against Penrith once this year. Uh, that was in the Rabbitohs game, and they ended up losing. So, that, that was actually a correct tip. But over the time I've been doing the podcast, so about Well, I did it this year, last year, I think. So yeah, this is my second year from memory. Been doing the UFC stuff a little bit longer. But probably the biggest thing I've learned in the time doing these preview podcasts, don't tip against the Panthers. Anytime I have in the past, Panthers have won. So this is another case of that. If Storm win, well, all of a sudden, that gives them a huge amount of belief that come finals, They can go all the way. Uh, But I'm going to take Penrith here for that very basic reason. It's just one thing I've learned. Don't go against Penrith. Unless, unless you're very, very, not confident. Because you can't be confident in anyone beating the Panthers. But yeah, the Rabbitohs game was the only one where I was like, I'm going to go the Bunnies here. And that was mainly down to the fact that over the last few years, the only team that has stopped the Bunnies from going all the way has been the Panthers. So in that game earlier in the year, my reasoning was more so that it would be huge for belief for the Rabbitohs, that this was the team they needed to beat to be able to go all the way. So that was like a very special circumstance as to why I went the Bunnies. And I just, I can't quite build enough of a case for the Storm here, although, I did go against them last week, and they absolutely pumped the Eels. I said they didn't have their first-choice centres, they didn't have Big Nelson, I thought it was going to be a bit too hard for them. It was anything but. They, in fact, made it look incredibly easy. So Melbourne, they come into this game in some pretty decent form. Obviously the Knights game the week before, quite the opposite. But they've got themselves back up and running, and of course... The rivalry between these two sides. That, that's gonna get everyone up for this. It's gonna be tough, it's gonna be physical. But at this stage, I just can't go past the Penrith Panthers. Friday Night Footy, definitely delivering the goods. Super Saturday says, hold my beer. We are gonna be opening up with the eighth-placed Cowboys in Townsville up against the second-placed Brisbane Broncos, a Queensland derby for the ages, and probably one of the more anticipated ones uh, since they met in the grand final, and maybe a couple of meetings after that. Uh, But Broncos have been down. And other than last year, Cowboys have been down uh, at points as well. So now they find themselves matching up uh, at a pretty good point. I know Cowboys coming off that loss last weekend, uh, but outside of that, They've been in scintillating form, whilst the Brisbane Broncos, I think it's very fair to say, are the main threat to the Panthers' three-peat aspirations. Now, usually we see these games on a Friday night, or, you know, like a night fixture. This one at 3 p.m. So it's gonna be a beautiful day in Townsville, I would imagine. I don't think they have too many days that aren't. So I would assume very dry track daytime footy, we are going to see a very uh, expansive style of play. And that is very exciting when you look at the names on the team list. I mean, for Broncos, you have Reese Walsh, such an exciting fullback, an amazing playmaker. I mean, the envy of most of the comp, a lot of teams would kill for Reese Walsh. Not the Cowboys, though. They have, well, they have a star of their own, Scott Drinkwater, I don't think they'd trade him for anyone in the competition at the moment. Uh, so the fullbacks definitely are gonna be a big point of focus this weekend. Uh, of course, some of the battles on the park as well. Murray Taolungi Lungi up against Selwyn Cobbo. That's sure to be very exciting. Uh, you've got Farnworth up against Hiku. It was supposed to be Val Holmes up against Katoni Stags. Val Holmes has been suspended. For the rest of the regular season, I believe. Or four matches, so just before the finals. So that, not a great uh, moment for the Cowboys to be losing Val Holmes. Just having a look through their extended squad. Uh, Kyle Felt or Brendan Elliott probably most likely to come in. I would say Brendan Elliott probably comes in. He's played a bit more center uh, than Kyle Felt, who's more of a winger. Uh, But Holmes has been named, so we'll have to see who they bring in. Uh, Obviously, the halves, a super exciting battle as well. You have the youngsters, former Bronco, Tom Dearden, uh, and Ezra Mam, who, look, he has really made that Broncos 6 jersey his own. The halfbacks, the captains, the premiership-winning leaders, Chad Townsend, Adam Reynolds. And, I mean, the way Adam Reynolds is playing right now This is what's been missing from Brisbane. For the longest time since Ben Hunt left, I always found that they were just lacking in the halfback department. They tried Nicarima, but the problem with that was that they were playing Milford and Nicarima, who very much similar game styles. They tried Tom Dearden, and then were like, meh, we're going to send you to the Cowboys. latest, mate. So they've tried a few guys in that halfback role. The signing of Adam Reynolds... One of the best signings the club has made, and they have made a lot of good ones. But when you consider where they were when Adam Reynolds arrived at the club, and where they are now, unbelievable signing. Obviously, the battle in the middle of the park, exciting as well. You've got Jordan McLean and Jason Taumalolo, named in the prop forward positions, head-to-head with Tom Flegler and Payne Haas. In the back rows, you've got Luciano Leilua, Cohen Hess, up against Kurt Capewell and Brendan Piacura. And another highlight battle on the park, two Queensland and Australian representatives in the 13s. You've got Pat Carrigan, Ruben Cotter. The benches will obviously have a part to play as well, uh, but when you look across the park, this is going to be one hell of a game. Throw in the dry track, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we should find out a bit more Uh, about both sides defensively. Because we know with ball in hand, both of these outfits, very, very threatening. They know how to score points. Uh, They've got some amazing set plays. So a lot of this comes down uh, to who's up for it more defensively. And to be honest, I have no idea. No idea which way this game's gonna go. I think Murray Talangi for the Cowboys could shape uh, as a real crucial contributor We've seen, defensively, one of the best wingers in the comp, and he'll be going head-to-head with Cobo. Uh, he's one of the best attacking players in the comp. Uh, so I think that'll be a good matchup, but as far as my prediction, I'm going to go with the Brisbane Broncos. I've gone against them a few times throughout this season, and uh, more often than not, they end up winning. They also have a fantastic away record, and they beat the Cowboys earlier this season, Of course, that was a game where Drinkwater ended up getting suspended, Uh, Corey Oates with a broken jaw coming out of that one. Uh, So now, fast forward to this point of the season, Broncos still up toward the top of the table, and Cowboys, who were lingering down the bottom for the longest time, well, they have surged into the top eight, Uh, but unfortunately, last weekend's loss against the Titans is a bit of a setback. They sit in eighth place, They need to win this, or they could finish the round outside of the eight. So this, for me, is probably the game I'm most looking forward to watching outside of my beloved Warriors, and I think it's going to be very close. It's definitely a hard one to pick, but I'm going to go with the Brisbane Broncos purely because they've made a believer out of me. On to the next clash. I believe we've got a Perth double header. Uh, So the second and third game of Super Saturday taking place at Optus Stadium in Perth. Now, one of the interesting parts of that is that Perth right now does not have an NRL team. Uh, Of course, the NRL looking to expand to an 18th team uh, over the next few years. And whilst as a Kiwi, I would love... Uh, Another side based in New Zealand. And I know there are factors uh, that come into play with a Perth team that probably don't come into play for any other part of Australia. But when you see Optus Stadium, beautiful stadium, when you see how the city get around their AFL teams, I feel like, I don't know, NRL, National Rugby League, not really a national game. So Perth, I would love to see Perth as the 18th team. The only thing as to how it would work would be travel requirements, things like that. I'm sure there would be a lot of hoops that they have to jump through to make it happen, but that would be my personal preference. Fuck the North Sydney Bears off. I am dead sick of hearing about the North Sydney Bears and their push. I don't think we need another Sydney-based team, to be fair. So look, I would love to see a Perth-based team Uh, Yeah, probably least team I want to see come in, North Sydney Bears. Yes, they've got the supporters. Yes, they've got the history. But we have so many Sydney-based teams. The Bears have been in the competition before, and they're no longer with us. Now, there have been Western Australian teams as well. But, yeah, I just feel like the North Sydney Bears, I have absolutely no interest. I feel like the only people that have interest in the North Sydney Bears re-entering the comp are North Sydney Bears fans. So yeah, that's not something I'm super keen on. But here we have the newest team in the NRL, the Dolphins. 13th place, uh, so I think after that loss against the Bulldogs that probably rules them out of the finals race. Uh, So they are taking on the Newcastle Knights. Certainly not ruled out of the finals race. In fact, a win here and they could finish the round in the top eight. And if you've been listening to the podcast over the last two or three weeks, I've been talking a lot about the Newcastle Knights. They've captured my attention big time. This is a side that I believed was next to no chance of playing finals uh, before the season started, and even for the majority of the season. I found it very admirable the way they would show up for games. They were always competitive. But even up until like a month ago, Newcastle Knights were just not on the radar. So I guess they've flown under the radar, Dez Hasler style. They now sit in ninth place and arguably one of the form teams of the competition. Over the last fortnight, it's not just that they beat teams, they beat sides that are right in contention for a top four finish. And not only that, they did not scrape home against Melbourne. They did not scrape home against Canberra. They were very clearly the better side in both of those games. Throw in the fact that Newcastle pushed Penrith to their limit, Broncos to their limit, and all of a sudden, we have one of the more intriguing sides in this Premiership race. And obviously, to say they're gonna win the Premiership would be a massive call, a very bold call. But I tell you what, This Newcastle Knights side, if they qualify for finals, they have reason to be pretty confident. It's a very good win against the Storm, so they know they can do it. Really solid win uh, against the Raiders, so they know they can beat them. They know they can hang with the top two teams in the comp. Uh, You've got Warriors in third, one apiece. Knights beat us uh, a little bit earlier this season. So that's what intrigues me a lot about Newcastle because wherever they find themselves in the eight, they look like they are gonna have a red hot crack. So this is a massive game for Newcastle. I think this result is gonna have a huge bearing on whether they do or do not play in the final series this year. Now off a win, well then they are well and truly on. They will have a number of weeks to really set themselves, continue this run of form, but a loss, that's gonna push them back a little bit And at this stage of the season, you don't want to have too much catching up to do. Especially when there are so many teams vying for only a couple uh, of available spots. So for the Knights, this is a must-win game. Uh, For the Dolphins, much like Newcastle, this is a side that shows up that are competitive and that give it their all every single week. Uh, So it should make for a fun game looking across the Dolphins team uh, I can see that Cody Nicarima has been named in the centers, uh, which I found a little bit curious. Hamaso Tabuy Fido uh, has been named at fullback. I do wonder uh, whether they go for the late switch there. Uh, just having a look. So, yeah, Ewan Aitken is out. Not too many changes for the Dolphins other than that. Isaiah Kartoa onto the bench. Uh, and we see Anthony Milford start in the halves. Against the team. Uh, that he was actually playing for last year in the Newcastle Knights. As far as the Knights team, just having a look across, it uh, looks like the same team that got it done against the Raiders. I mean, Callum Ponga, back in form, and really good to see uh, when you consider all the concussion issues and the positional switch. And there were points this year where it just looked like, yeah, maybe it wasn't wasn't going to happen. Now he's gone back to fullback, He's playing arguably the best form at NRL level that I've seen from him. And that's just a piece of the puzzle. With Callan moving to the back, Gamble and Hastings have been doing an excellent job in the halves. Their forwards are playing well above their weight. Their centres, I mean, Dane Gagai killed it last weekend. Bradman Best, uh, since that game against the Bulldogs, parlayed into origin and then returning to Newcastle. It seems like Bradman Best, now he's aware of exactly how good he is. I don't think he can understate to be able to go and play state of origin, score two tries, have an amazing debut. Like, I think at some stage or another, even the best of us would get imposter syndrome and think, am I, you know, am I really good enough to be playing at the highest level? Now Bradman Best knows he is not an imposter. Not only can he play at the highest level, he thrives at the highest level. Uh, so the centres for the Knights can have a big part to play, as will the wingers in Marzio and Dominic Young. And as far as this game, it's it's quite tricky to pick, because Dolphins they've tend, tended to surprise us a lot this year uh, as far as when they can pick up a win. Whilst Newcastle, they still there's still that little tendency. Uh, where they can fall a little bit flat. And this is not the game to do so. Uh, so it's going to be an absolute banger to open this doubleheader in Perth. And I'm going to take the Newcastle Knights. Over the last few weeks, I'm really starting to come around uh, to what this, side, what this side is doing. And they were my spoon pick in the preseason. Knights were my pick to run last. So, look, I've said it many times whenever I predict uh, for a team to fail happy to be proven wrong. This is a perfect example. I, if I got to pick Knights run last and my like prediction is correct or Knights do what they're doing right now, I'll take the latter every day of the week, loving what Newcastle are doing and very interested. If they land in finals, we've seen they can mix it up with the top teams. Just how far can this Knight side go? I'm not exactly sure right now, but I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, So I'm going to take the Newcastle Knights over the Dolphins, and that'll lead us in to the second Perth showdown. Saturday night in Perth. I really don't think there's a bigger game this weekend with more significance uh, as to the overall makeup of the final series than this game right here. The 6th-placed Rabbitohs. Latrell Mitchell back in the side. All the big names back, ready to fire on this road to the finals. Up against the Cronulla Sharks. More like the Cronulla Shart, honestly. It's like they farted and ended up shitting themselves uh, in the last couple of months. But, look, 6th versus 7th. So, despite where everything has been over the last month or so... A win here could change everything for Cronulla. So it's a massive game, plenty at stake. From memory, they're both on the same amount of competition points. However, they really couldn't be further from each other. South Sydney, despite being outside the eight only a couple of weeks ago, you look at that side and you think, all right, they've got trailback, Campbell Graham's in the side, Alex Johnston... Uh, back in the form of his life. Cody Walker back in there. Kola no longer injured. Jai Arrow back in the mix. So they've got pretty close to their full complement and there's still that real feeling that Souths are primed to make a major Premiership run. They sit sixth place. And you consider all of the things that I just said about the Bunnies. Sharks one spot below them, yet... It couldn't be further from where the Rabbitohs are at. They don't have the full complement to their side. Finucane out, or Funukin, fucking hell. Um, Will Kennedy is out. So we've seen Connor Tracy uh, shift into the fullback role. Teague Wilton, he's injured out for the season. And the best way I can describe where the Sharks are at right now is where the Broncos were at this time last year. Let's not forget Brisbane were a top four side, and then they completely shit the bed. Had a major meltdown. This is exactly what's happening to Cronulla here. They too were sitting in the top four, and they too are now having a serious meltdown. Uh, so looking at the sides, I mean, Cam McInnes, if there's one thing we know, he's gonna be making plenty of tackles here. But I gotta go with South for that exact reason. Just trajectory. Sharkies are in free fall. Rabitos. I think we all expect them are to start making their run over the final rounds of the regular season. So this one is massive. Either way, like the winner helps, helps to cement themselves in the final series. The loser, they could fall out altogether, especially in the case of the Cronulla Sharks. And it seems like that's the way it's going. I think a lot of us right now are looking at the Cronulla Sharks and they continue to drop down the ladder. They continue to have really poor losses and there's next to no time to turn things around. And what concerns me the most uh, is that Cronulla were not affected whatsoever by origin outside of, what, Nico Hines missing one game and playing less than 10 minutes in the actual origin contest. Outside of that... Sharks went through origin with their first-choice side, and they still fumbled it. Now they come out at this back end of the season, all sorts is going on, players are getting dropped, they are seriously out of form. There's only one way you can put all this to an end, and that's get a win. So Sharkies, they are gonna come out desperate for this one. The importance of the result will not be lost on Cronulla, uh, but same goes for the Rabbitohs here. So like I said, there is no game this round that has more of a direct effect on what our final series is gonna look like this year. And you could say, winner of this, well, they can really start to charge towards the finals, losers are every chance of dropping out, especially in the Sharks case. I would be shocked if Rabbitohs aren't there. Sharkies, it just seems the way they're heading. They are in an absolute free fall, seriously out of form. And it's not like the start of their year was amazing either. They had a pretty stop start year. That middle origin period, I thought they left a lot to be desired. So, Sharkies have a lot they need to work on with very little time. Now, if they come out and win here, that is exactly what they need. And from there, well, Sharks can really start are to go back toward hunting the Premiership. But as far as my pick, I think I've justified it already, trajectory. Sharks are going down at a rapid rate, and the Bunnies seemingly are about to make their surge. So I'm gonna take the Rabbitohs in Perth over the Sharks, and as for what happens after this game, well, Sharkies could find themselves in some real trouble. Well, I guess they can't all be bangers. Sunday will be subjected to the eleventh placed Eels and the sixteenth placed Dragons. Dragons, look, we're starting to hear Zach Lomax is going to train a full preseason at fullback next year. That's great news, but that's that's where we're at with the Dragons. We're we're looking at preseason 2024. So that about sums up the Dragons. And look, hopefully for St. George fans, they come out, score a massive win, and show their fans a little glimpse of some of the good times that are to come. They've got some really good young players, the Couchman brothers. Uh, Toby will be playing, Ryan, 18th man. Uh, You've got Billy Burns, who's actually been playing outstanding while starting in the back row. Connor Mulheisen, who made his debut off the bench last weekend. But yeah, respectfully, that is where I'm at with the Dragons. We're already already looking at 2024 preseason. Whereas the Eels, they sit 11th. This time last week, they were in the top eight, looking like one of the form teams of the competition. Then they get absolutely dicked by the Melbourne Storm badly probably their worst performance of the entire season at a time where they should have been putting in their best. So this one's tricky. Like if Dragons show up, they've got a side that can win. But I've said it all year. Like how are the Dragons supposed to win when the board want one thing, the coach Anthony Griffin wanted another thing, he's gone, the interim coach is going to want one thing, the captain wants one thing to get the fuck out of there. So like Ben Hunt, he's going in one direction, Hook was going in another, uh, which ended up being out the door altogether. The Dragons board all over the fucking place. So yeah, I just, this is a team that are not unanimously working toward one goal. Eels are. The Eels suffered grand final heartbreak last year. This is a squad that are all putting in, coming to training, working their asses off, which of course, Dragon's doing the same, but the difference is that Parramatta Eels right now, from the top down, are all working toward a common goal. Dragons are not. So I'm gonna take the Parramatta Eels here. Dylan Brown back into the side as well. Very timely inclusion. Uh, Wanga Blake has been dropped, and rightly so, to be fair. so Isaac Lumelumi uh, comes into the side. Doesn't look like a whole heap of changes. Outside of that, Ryan Mattison starts in the back row. And wow, Brendan Hands has been dropped to 18th man. Joey Lussick starts. I think that's pretty harsh. Brendan Hands has been at one of their best this year. Seems like Eels looking for a classy number nine. As if they didn't fucking let one walk at the start of this season. That's surprising to me, Brendan Hands. 18. Joey Lussick starts. Okay. Okay, Uh, Joe Offangawi is going to start in the front row as well. uh, With no Regan Campbell-Gillard still. But I'm going to put this down to my X-Factor player, Clint Gutherson. I think he's having a big one here. Dragons are that exact kind of team where I think Gutho can work his magic. And look, I can keep this pick pretty short. It comes down to my X-Factor player. And really it just comes down to the fact that Eels are working toward a goal. They are fighting for their season. Dragons are looking at 2024 preseason. Their captain, their star player, he doesn't want to be there. I mean, Jaden Sullivan being shown the door. There's just too much going on at the Dragons. And I know, like, it's the players who come out. They're the ones who have to make the tackles. But there is definitely a level of responsibility that actually falls on the organization. And I tell you what, the Dragons organization, before a ball was even kicked this year, have done everything in their power to make it hard for the players to actually just fucking do their job. And I just can't tip the Dragons for that reason. All year, that has been my reasoning. And all year, it has proven to be correct. Throw in the fact that I like their forward pack, but I don't love it. And then you look on the other side of the park, Junior Paolo, Cartwright, Mattison, uh, Hopgood. There's just too much for me uh, in favor of the eels. But I said all this last week and the eels got tailed up. Dragons, honestly, I can't even quite remember who they played. Did they play the tigers? I actually don't even remember. That's where I'm at uh, with the dragons. So. I'm going to go the Eels here, they have too much to play for, whilst Dragons, I don't even think they know what they're playing for. Locking it in, para over the Dragons, Uh, but I'm not a hater. Hopefully for Dragons fans, you guys can get the win here. And look, let's hope there are better times ahead. You've signed Shane Flanagan, so I actually think there is a high likelihood uh, that you're not too far away from a significant surge up the competition ladder. It's not gonna be this year though. Eels over the Dragons. Let's now move on to the last. All right, jumping into the last game of the round, I also had a look, Dragons played manly. That's right, I watched the whole game, so. (laughs) That's where I'm at with the Dragons. It is not a memorable season at all. But let's get on to the last game of the round in Canberra. The fifth-placed Raiders. They played like the 17th-placed Raiders up against the Knights last weekend. Up against the team that actually is 17th, Tigers. Look, there's a lot to love about the Tigers as far as the future, but I am quite disappointed. Last year, they were my pick to win the wooden spoon. I was correct. Uh, But my whole rationale last year was the Tigers are going to bottom out. You know, they're going to bottom out, and then they're going to come good. Well, last year they finished 16th. This year, they actually seem like they're going to reach a new low and finish 17th. But look, the Tigers, they're trying. All right, They're, they're in the process of a big changeover. They've got some star players in. They've got some great young players to build on. Obviously, the result's not there yet, but I'm happy to be patient, probably because I'm not a Tigers fan, so (laughs) it'd be a bit harder if I was a fan of the club. But like, yeah, there's a lot to like. It's gonna take some time. We just have to accept that. And I know it's already taken a lot of time, but this is the first year of Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall. So realistically, they are starting from scratch. So to expect them to go from 16th last year, wooden spooners, and shoot right up the table, probably unrealistic. But of course it has been a very, very ordinary season. I'm not excusing this side from criticism. They've been shocking. But look, they're building towards something. What's the Raiders were dreadful against the Knights, it reminded me of what Canberra were looking like Uh, toward the start of the season, when they were one of the worst sides. Now in between now and then, they've put together quite the run, solidified themselves as a final outfit, or finals, goodness gracious, and they're pushing for top four honours. So to see them regress the way they did against Newcastle, quite concerning. And Raiders are one of those sides in the top eight that look, they're there, but there are a lot of deficiencies in the Raiders' game right now uh, that have been masked by the fact they've been able to win. Now, not so much. They're starting to get exposed. Warriors did so. Uh, and, of course, Knights Knights were head and shoulders above them. If someone watched that game and I said, who do you reckon's pushing for top four? And who do you reckon are flat out trying to make the eight? Newcastle were the ones that looked like a top four outfit. Uh, so Raiders, they need to get things together pretty quickly. Jared Croker out of this one uh, with an injury. So Seb Chris uh, moves into the centres, his most natural position. And Jordan Rapiner has been named at fullback. That allows Nick Kotrich to come back into the side. And also really happy to see Adian. Adian? <laughs> that is not a name. Adrian Trevelyan, really good young dummy half. He has been selected here in favor of Tom Starling. And I'm a massive fan of Tom Starling, love what he brings to the table, but I can't recall a single game this year where Tom Starling made a huge difference or kind of played the way he had been over the last couple of years. So I don't mind the move at all and keen to see how Adrian grows in what I believe might be his second game of first grade. Uh, whilst on the Tigers side, Stefano Utoikamanu is out, and as is Sean Bloor. Uh, so those are two pretty substantial losses from the Ford pack, but all in all, Tigers still have a quality team. John Bateman going up against his former side, Arpi Corasau, killed it last weekend. He's actually scored a try in the Tigers' past three games. So not only is he a leader on field, he's actually finding the stripe. I'm gonna take the Raiders in this one I don't mind the Tigers though I really don't this is one where I can see an upset happening but at this point of the season it's more a case not so much if like I'm loving what the Raiders are doing and I think they're gonna have a huge game more so that I just I can't tip the Tigers with any confidence usually when I try to go for a Tiger's upset it doesn't pay off so I'm I'm kind of just staying away from them at this point. And if the right game comes up, I will not hesitate to tip them. This isn't it though. Games in Canberra, Raiders have so much to play for. And I tell you what, if Canberra lose this, they probably don't deserve to make finals. And all of a sudden, their spot in the final series will actually be in jeopardy. So this is as big as game as any for the Raiders season. Whilst the Tigers, it's mainly about showing up, showing pride in the jersey, finish the season off strong, and then go into next year with a real belief that they can improve drastically. They have a great squad, so there's no reason why they can't. There's just a bit too much going on with the Tigers right now. Uh, So I'm going to go with the safe pick, taking the Canberra Raiders, and with that being said, that's been the preview. Just hit the hour mark. feel like now's a good time uh, to call it. And of course, I'll be back on the weekend, uh, Sunday, to be precise, for the NRL Weekend Wrap. Today, all about the preview. Weekend Wrap, all about the review. Uh, but given we've hit the hour mark, I think we can wrap up. Reasonable timing. That is it for today. Thank you for listening. And until next time, Have a beautiful week, and most importantly, enjoy the footy this weekend.